0: Get your brand on board with our podcast with a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of over a 100,000 highly
2: engaged parents within our show and across Acast's other famous podcasts. We'll even come up with the creative for you. Get in touch via producerpaul.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works.
0: Our guest today is Sophia Cook. Sophia and her husband Simon, or Cookie, live in South London with their two children, two-year-old Alfred and one-year-old Edith. Their house renovation
2: featured on Channel 4's George Clark's Old House New Home. Sophia and Simon have been together just over four years. In that time, they've renovated a house with a new baby and a TV crew in tow, and in the middle of it all, Sophia found out she was pregnant with their daughter. They are exactly a year apart to the day. For a brief moment, Sophia had two children under one. That's a lot of change and transitioning in four years. So, Sophia's the perfect person to talk to you about the challenges of finding space and a new identity as a mum. Holly, how have you experienced identity change as a mum? What was the difference first time with Oscar and then with Cosmo?
0: Um,
2: great question. <laughs> I
0: think it was just a sense of self, really, that was different. I think. When you first become a mum, there's this sense of what is this meant to look like? What is this space and this identity meant to look like? And there's a lot of kind of grabbing around, trying to hold on to a sense of yourself. And then I think second, because second time around was eight years later, I realised that I'd never gone anywhere. Mm. I had that kind of hindsight of actually, I never went anywhere. I've just evolved and changed. And so I was a lot more, I'd say I was a lot more secure in myself with Cosmo and, and looked outside a bit less and just trusted that w- what I had what I needed yeah. um, and that I could get back to stuff I loved. Whereas with Oscar, I kind of just felt like it had all gone out the window. So, you know, time is one of those great gifts, I think, in
2: motherhood. Mm. Um, how did you find it with Isan? Um, so I think if I'm honest with you, I don't think I even like really leaned into the fact that I felt a loss of identity until mm. much, much later. I felt that because it had been so normalized to be fully immersed in motherhood and everything that it brings, it was like, oh, this is just the norm to not to literally not know who I am. Um yeah. and then as we got sort of like the 18 month stage, I was like, Hold on, hold on, sister, who are you? Um, and that took like some real examining and really like being honest with myself. And then prioritizing myself. So, yeah. Like now in in the last like I don't know, nearly eighteen months I suppose I have definitely found it's actually been a really nice shift, but it's taken a while to get yeah. there. I'm seeing myself as being my best self now. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm showing up in myself and for myself better than I ever have in my life. But it's taken a while to get there
0: yeah it's like a sense of coming home to yourself isn't it exactly that's that's how i always think of it well i want to hear how sophia has found that because i think she's going to be a great person to shed a bit of light on that shift in identity and creating space so let's see what she has to say A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. So, Sophia, hi, welcome to Making Womb, the podcast. Uh, we are very excited that you're joining us here today. Um, would you like to kick off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about you and your family,
1: and yeah, who you are? Yeah, well, I'm Sophia Cook. Um, I am married to Cookie. I have two babies, Alfred and Edith. So Alfred is two and Edith is one. Um, we live in South London. We underwent a renovation. Um, and I had Edith during the pandemic and life has been pretty, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, sounds it. And yeah. even no
2: pandemic, that sounds quite crazy. <laughs> Am I right, yeah, Sophia, really, that there's exactly a year between Edith and Alfred?
1: Yeah, so they're born exactly on the, on the exact same day and Alfred was born at seven in the evening and Edith was born at two in the afternoon. So there was a five-hour window Wow. So two under one. Um, wow. I, I kind of, not like we need to wear badges, but I... I, you, can I badge.
2: you can have a badge. You can have the badge. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you the badge. The
1: <laughs> badge and the ticket and, and the t shirt and everything that goes with it. But yeah, um yeah, I never I never thought I'd have kids. So so yeah, it's it's I love it. I do love it. But it's been it's been a, a slap in the face.
0: Yeah. I bet. I bet. And you say you, you didn't you didn't think you'd have kids or you didn't want to have kids? What was your um I, I
1: didn't I didn't think i'd have kids i always like like the idea of having children but i knew that my my ex it just didn't feel right and i hadn't met that person that i wanted to have kids with and i take that responsibility very seriously Mm. um so yeah i just didn't think it was going to happen and i certainly didn't think it's going to happen back to back yeah
2: yeah i mean that's got to be a shock (laughs) that's gotta be it's gotta be a real shock Um, I think there were like lots of probably elements of shock probably from going from not thinking you weren't going to have any children to then having two within sort of like a a year and a bit of each other a year and five hours just to be clear a year and five hours Um, you know and and then I suppose the shock of parenting and and also because you're still very early postpartum with Alfred Mm. Yeah. yeah. To then go into like new postpartum with Edith. I mean, that's 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 a lot.
1: I I haven't I haven't I haven't caught up, and I still haven't. It's only now, so the the year has passed, and I look at them and I'm like, I can't believe you're mine, mm-hmm. my children. How did I get here? How am I here? Because um, everything happened really quickly. So. I met I met cookie um, I met cookie um, on an app a dating app and it was a time in my life where I was just like you know I'm not really looking for anything serious I'm looking to really explore and discover me and be very comfortable in me I'd had a really bad breakup year before or years before and I just was very happy just doing my own thing and I met cookie and within 20 minutes well the time it took me to drink my first drink. I then went upstairs and called my sister and said, I've met the man I'm going to marry. Mm. And I canceled, I canceled the date I had planned the second date for the next day. I called him and said, I'm really sorry, we can't meet because the man I've met on this date, I'm going to marry him. So, oh.
2: <laughs> oh, I love that. Can you, can oh, you, can you tell, tell us the feels what it is in 20 minutes, whether it was really good wine or really good chat <laughs> that that convinced you or made you know. Like was it one thing in particular? Was it something he said or was it just his whole like vibe was just that's, like, yep, yeah, that's it.
1: I remember walking up behind him in the bar and I remember just thinking, this is him. I know that this is him. Oh, wow. turned and then when we were talking downstairs, I just I just knew and what I need to be quite clear about is that I've been in a very, very serious relationship before. I was married before and I was with this person for a very long time, and I didn't have that feeling. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I knew that something was very different with Cookie. Um, so we then got married uh, exactly, we got engaged quite quickly, right? We got engaged three weeks after knowing. Amazing. Uh, I love, I so you, romantic. <laughs> really? Yeah. I told him the next day our second date I said I'm going to marry you it sounds a bit weird you could go running and he said I felt the same way too Aww. so three weeks later we went to Spain we got engaged on my mum's anniversary oh, my mom's oh I'm birth. so
0: glad it's not my dog barking <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm just like <laughs> no it's great <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind so... dogs and we don't mind dogs and babies and toddlers on this podcast oh
1: my goodness <laughs> you wait all day anyway so um so yes we got engaged and then we got married a year later on the year that we met so it was all happening quite quickly i was in a job where i was quite stressed Mm -hmm. and we weren't falling pregnant we were trying which wasn't happening so then um then all of a sudden we got a dog because well well well, why not Mm -hmm. (laughs) we got we got the obvious choice yeah, we, we, got, we got sausage and um, it was kind of distressing me. My last job was awful. I had to leave because of a racist incident and I just thought, I'm not putting up with any more in my career. Just going to leave. It was stressing me out. So I got sausage and then, no and behold, we picked sausage up a month later. I fell pregnant with, with Alfred. Mm-hmm. Then we moved. <laughs> we, we were like, we need to find a new house. And... Um, we put an offer in the house, but I knew Cookie didn't like it. We saw a house and it was a probate property and he loved it. I was like, there's no way I'm seven months pregnant. They're going to drag their heels. They've seen that we're pregnant. They've seen that we want the house. And I just don't want to go through with it. No and behold, we get the house. <laughs> <laughs> and they promised that we would complete before Alfred got here. We completed two weeks after Alfred was born. Oh, I had to wow. sell my flat. So, I had to move the flat after a C section, like some of my family and obviously Cookie were there. And then we had to move into a house that were literally where the people walked out, they left the kettle still boiling, fish in the fridge. It was oh. an absolute state.
2: Wow. I mean, yeah.
1: it's, and I was. <laughs>
2: it's- How did you deal with that kind of stress? Um... Good question. Do you Good think question. you dealt with that stress? Like, like yeah. as like, you know, I think sometimes we could just be like, just coast, especially when you add in postpartum. Anyway, we just like, I'm just, su- it's about survival. I just need to survive. Oh, yeah.
1: I think it was just about survival. I think I just, because I'd had a newborn, Alfred was newborn, the house, I think Cookie's mum had actually come down to help clean, but it was still, it was still a disaster. In every single room, there was no clean space. So, and having had, um, uh, an emergency c section i just felt really irritable mm. um i was very conscious about my new wound i wanted it to be i wanted to be clean space and yeah. just be able to put alfred down and know that it was clean and not existing dust and and so, so so anyway we were just like right okay we are where we are and i just have to get on with it and cookie was getting up to go to work and i was at home just thinking, right, we need to strip the house out and start work because no one is coming to save us. Yeah. So we started the work and, you know, being at home with Alfred, I was dealing with a lot of contractors. And in a previous life, I oversaw the build of new schools. So I had some insight about refurbishments and who to speak to. And I had a, a wealth of people that I could connect with. And, um, and then we started, we started the project um, and it wasn't until like six weeks into the project that I were watching a TV show and they were like, oh, we're looking for people. Why don't you be on the show? And I thought, oh, OK, I'm I've got a young child. I'm in a house I don't particularly like, even though we've got an idea what we're going to do with it. And I'm feeling a little bit like I kind of need to add more to my plate. And I did that and I didn't hear back from them for about another six weeks. And then they just landed at the front door and we started talks. It was originally only going to be two rooms. Um, But then I thought, well, we're in the thick of it. We might as well do all of it. Let's do all of it. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Brilliant. And, um, you know, it was just the logistics of in a house that's being torn apart with a newborn. um, Things happening to my body and my mind had no it felt like a daze then there were TV cameras here so it felt very surreal and then then something was up I'd been travelling around in my, at my friend's house um, with, with Alfred because we couldn't stay here once the plastering started so I was three weeks with my friend, two weeks at my other friend's house, or my cousin's house on her floor I, I was walking around with a Moses basket and then we moved into a hotel with sausage and then Simon eventually moved over and I felt really off. Mm. I felt that something was really wrong, um, and so I thought I'd just do a pregnancy test because, hey, what am I going to do all, my, all day? I did a test. I did a pregnancy test. I ended up doing another nine more. <laughs> oh wow! Because I couldn't believe what was happening. <laughs> I've got no words. That
0: I really feel that kind of like. Did you feel really panicked?
2: Yeah,
1: like it's it's you know there's. And I felt very much, um, you know, cookies very hands-on. I did mm. feel quite alone because, you know, there was no, I don't have my parents. My mum mm. passed away 19 years ago. My dad, my dad is 14 years ago. And, you know, all the questions you think you're going to ask your mum mm. or your dad, mm. or especially your mum when you're pregnant or you've got kids, you know, you you think you've got a lifetime to ask them. Mm. You think they're always mm. going to be there. So you don't really ask about breastfeeding we don't really ask about what happens afterwards did you have a c-section was it um, a vaginal birth what was it like yeah that Um, reassurance that you just would reach out for there was there was nothing and even though i've got girlfriends who have children close girlfriends their kids are like 11 and 12 they're like we don't remember Mm, yeah (laughs) we don't know um And so, yeah, I felt very, very isolated. And living in this um, hotel with a dog, with Alfred, starting going to work, and I'm like hemorrhaging money. Like there's loads of and I've got to go on site as well to make sure they're doing the job because I know what contractors are like. So I want to make sure that they can see the whites of my eyes and they're not taking the mix because... You know a lot of the experience being a woman especially a woman with a baby strapped to her when you ask asking questions technical questions you know they'll be like mm, you know should we wait till cookie gets home i'm oh. like i'm the decision maker yeah i'm making this decision mm. this is my child Ooh, the baby looks hungry are you all right i'm like mm. okay okay
0: just get out mm. yeah so um so yeah it's a it whole was, other it, la- layer isn't it to, to
2: navigate yeah so how did so it was my question the midwife in me is is thinking how so most obstetricians will say avoid getting pregnant for at least like 18 months right after a c-section after a c-section yeah let's just make that clear after a c-section um and so and also in i say this like you know in the not in a non-ageist way but being someone who is over the sort of threshold that there is for what it, what, what horrible term did they use? A non-geriatric parent. Were what, what you geriatric at 37? 37. It
1: it's, yeah. So it's
2: over 35 is classed as being like over a threshold of something. Um, mm-hmm. And so then you so you've got those two sort of I suppose risk factors I say that in inverted commas. How did you find your maternity care or like the support that you got from mm. your trust and things like that.
1: Yeah, I should I should just take it back slightly because when I was trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. I was hit with your age, yep. ethnicity came mm-hmm. into it as well, and your weight. So, <sighs> age, fat, black—you're in trouble, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not gonna you know it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's yeah. not happening. And so and so fast forward until after. Um, after Alfred and I fell pregnant, again, it came back. Mm-hmm. It was fat, ethnicity, um, complications that could arise mm-hmm. at being fat and black and now pregnant. Um, you know, we were really concerned. And I started I started bleeding in the hospital, I'm not in the hospital, in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to, I think it was St. George's and um, they wouldn't do an internal so they said you had to wait three weeks or four weeks until they could do a scan. Um, but even the conversation, even somebody saying this to me, they almost were preparing me for the worst mm-hmm. by saying, you know, you're of a certain age and because of the spotting, um, there, were, there were a couple of mixed messages. My local hospital had said, um, you know, there's there's a good chance this baby's not going to be here. And then at St George's, I think it's St George's, and they are saying there's a possibility a baby could be here, but you are slightly older. Mm. Now, these are some of the things that you have to take into consideration. So I'm at the time of Edith, I was 40, 41, mm-hmm. or just, yeah, I think 40, 41. Um, so, yeah, the, the actual, my obstetrician, again, would, would give me that look to say... Everything's against you. Yeah, so don't get overly excited, and... You've got to remember when I was pregnant with Alfred, I was very apprehensive about being pregnant. I didn't yeah. tell anybody really until I was 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. wow, uh, Because, again, the fat, black, yeah. old, older mum was at the back of my head. I didn't think I was going to reach full term. And then I had this back again a year later, saying that, having the same conversations. And it was so disheartening that I didn't feel like I could really enjoy this experience that I thought would never happen to me yeah um yeah and I think that
2: that, you know that's why I asked because I think that we can really overlook these things as being like yeah but it's just concern or it's just they're just trying to let you know but the impact that that has on you who's carrying this pregnancy or these pregnancies can be a lot bigger than people can even realize you know the kind of the risk factors that you already know as a black woman. And then Mm. with a raised BMI and um, above a certain age, you already know this stuff. And when Mm, it is just reiterated over and over again, and when something happens like spotting and everyone's kind of giving you that look like, yeah, but you knew that this was a risk kind of thing. It's like, yeah, but I have to live with it. Like, as in, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that it was a risk and actually living it are very different things and it's not offering up is
0: it that that full encompassing support of okay these are some risk factors that could affect you and this is how we're going to support you in dealing with them Mm -hmm. all it's saying is you're at risk yeah Yeah. and it's not doing the next bit of the work you know which is which is a massive shortfall because it leaves you sat with all of that anxiety rather than being nurtured through it
1: yeah yeah and i um I obviously I changed boroughs, and I had a i had a midwife who wasn't wasn't great oh. <laughs> wasn't wasn't great and i I actually had to say that I wanted somebody else Mm-mm. um and then I moved here and then I had um health visitor that I expressed my concerns to, and they were they were brilliant and you know because I had question marks about um Passing on any anxieties I have onto my children, yeah. not just about like um, in terms of parenting and and um, relationships that I'd had with my parents that are no longer here, and you know really having really questioning my style of parenting. And it was a parent infant partnership yeah. that um, I would speak to somebody on a regular basis. I actually spoke to her up until probably just before Christmas amazing last year and i think we're going to have a roundup um chat in probably about a month's time just to see how things are going but i mostly um i found out i ended up speaking to her more and more about my experience of being pregnant mm. and just constantly being told that something wrong was going to happen well i wasn't always being told that something wrong was going to happen but no one was really like oh my god amazing yeah, me, yeah yeah you're yeah, yeah, being
0: yeah. reassuring Yeah. Yeah, which is what you want, isn't it? I think you crave that when you're pregnant. You want someone to tell you that they're going to help you and that they're going to support you and you're going to be all right.
1: But also... It's really
2: nice to hear that. Like... It's what what bugs me about this stuff is it's like these are the risk factors it's like okay cool I'm aware of them but let's cross those bridges when we get to them so if it is actually something that is happening to me we can talk about it but when you're reminded about them continuously it's kind of like and I know that a lot of people might think this is a bit like you know but it's like that speaking things into existence it's like I am just wanting to live this and at the moment I feel fine but what you're doing is creating this added layer of anxiety when all I want to do is rejoice in my body's ability to carry these babies and to be pregnant and to be able to have that experience which is I think what most pregnant people want
1: yeah yeah and I I think as well I think only I only heard it a couple of times um certainly with with Edith I don't think I heard it that much with with Alfred from professionals that I didn't hear your body knows what it's doing you know, there's no like, don't stress about it. Your body is very capable. Mm,
0: yeah. Instead, which is such a powerful thing
1: to hear. Yeah, because it's like you can, you can do this. Your body, yeah. like we breathe, we get up and breathe every day without even thinking about it. You're carrying a child, and it's happening. You just need to go about your life, be in good health. But I rarely heard that, and it when I did hear it, I was like, huh? <laughs> okay. Mm. I breathe without thinking about it. I can make a baby without even like, like carry a baby without even thinking about it. And that's what, you know, I had to find my own coping yeah. mechanisms within me to know that I could do it. And I, I, I again, waited till about 26 weeks with Edith. Um, but I was always very nervous and yeah. I, you know, there was a certain level of anxiety in me anyway. And, you know, I'd, I'd need that reassurance from the conversations I have with with Cookie, but he's like, just, just chill out, it's fine. <laughs> you, you know, you've done it before, but I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So um,
2: how did it go? Like, So with you and Cookie, so, I mean, you know, as much as that, it was like, felt like the right thing to do and you knew in your gut that it was the right thing to do, bringing a baby into any relationship, as solid as it might be, can be like, uh, it's a big transition It's a it? huge transition It's like a massive Like catalyst point I think for for a lot Of relationships So with you guys Being quite a new Relationship as well How did you find And still obviously With everything new. else
1: We're still a brand new Shiny couple <laughs> We've been together For four years And you know At the momentum That things happen for us It feels like We are only just now Finding our feet yeah. Because you know We had a year of like Woo party Oh go out Let's go to dinner Let's get on a plane <laughs> Um, you know, we had all of that, but we hadn't actually and we were living together quite soon after. Mm-hmm. So I moved him moved him into my flat, I think like week six or something. Mm-hmm. So it was all really exciting, new, get married, get a dog. And then babies arrived mm. during a renovation, a full on mm-hmm. renovation. And you know, we 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 love each other, but it's it's work. Yeah. Mm. It is work. And adding children into the mix, you know, I was reborn again right so Mm. i'm a i'm severe but i'm not the severe probably that he married like there's there's components of that but now i'm very much geared into motherhood yeah you know there's things about me i guess that have only now started coming out because i'm kind of not reliving my childhood but there's aspects of my childhood that i'm questioning Mm, and coming up for you yeah like it's it's you know and, and who am i and that sounds like a really stupid that may sound stupid, but I, I don't really, there's not a lot of history in terms of my parents mm. and connections. You know, there's, there's, there's hardly any photo, there isn't any photographs of me as an infant. So there are so many things that are coming up for me and I'm juggling being a mother. And also I'm in, I was a new wife, Yeah, you yeah. know, and he was a new husband. And so it's been very, you know, it's been very complex and Mm. requires a lot of work as well as working for me, like working, trying to have a real sense of identity and connecting my children, my mixed race children Mm. back to um, a culture that, you know, I was, that I was raised in, but his memories have been depleting because there's, there's only us as as siblings, my brothers and sisters, lots of my aunties and uncles have have passed away. Mm. So it's, it's, It's having all that, dealing with all this and almost presenting it to Cookie, saying, This is what I've got to deal with, right? This is what I'm dealing with at the moment. And not only from my point of view, I imagine that for for Cookie, having children has like opened the floodgates around his childhood. Mm. Yeah.
0: I think we really underestimate that, don't we? Mm. We underestimate how much becoming parents ourselves takes us back to our own childhood experiences and a lot of stuff that we've just moved away from or kind of buried somewhere naturally resurfaces yeah. because yeah. it's relevant to what we're doing and the and the and the space we're in and so I think you know when you've got your parents or when your childhood is clear it's like okay well I can go back and remember that and if you don't have that there must it must feel like answers are missing or yeah
2: links are missing that would be really helpful to you but I think it goes back to like that same thing that you're saying like not being able to call your mum and ask her and be like oh Mm. you know it's like things aren't quite slotting together because there are just gaps and so it's like even if you wanted to you've realized something or remembered something there's still no one to go so why was it like this? Or why did you make the yeah, decision? Yeah. Or why did you and that is a whole lot to carry. Because yeah. I might have these kind of realizations now with my own child, but you know, thankfully my mum's here and I could be like, Mum, yeah. but like what you know, this, that, and the other, or whatever. But if you don't have any kind of frame of reference in that way, it's 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 a lot to try it's and navigate you, in it? your head. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do
2: your siblings have children, Sophia? Yes.
1: Yes. So um my eldest sister has two, um, and her her daughter is actually here looking after the children whilst oh. I speak to both. Um, and my brother has three, and my brother above me has three as well. Okay. Right. And you know, again, I was probably the most outspoken of them all. Um, that's what the brother above me says. And I was always kind of I was living this, you know, I was out, I was doing my own thing. I was literally jumping on planes, just going on random dates, mm. and doing random things. I was probably the, they probably thought I was never going to have kids either. Like, they mm. never thought I was going to calm down. And, um, and it's, you know, again, their children are slightly older. Mm. Yeah. And um, I have always tried to question everything. And I am very conscious of how I was raised. And I questioned, I've questioned that. And sometimes I don't know whether my siblings feel the same about that. I don't know whether right. they want to kind of dissect yeah um, go into our, our childhood and you know most of the time for me it was great it was just me and mum once everybody have been moved out of the house mm. um my dad had left um quite early at an early age and then came back again but i more or less realized it's going to be me and mum and so i had a very different experience from my other siblings right so um because of that i'm always very very conscious of the relationship i have with my mum and how i want to kind of you know how I kind of want to not necessarily copy, but draw from that in in order to raise raise my children. But there's 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 no answers. There's no yeah. book. There's no reference. And as the years go on, I you know I I, I I'm, I'm missing vital pieces of information. Mm. Some of the questions I never asked my mum. Some she would have told me, but I was too young. I didn't think that you know I didn't think she was going to die. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think as um, well. Like culturally. Um, it's just so different. It's it's and and particularly when you then marry someone who's not your you're from the same culture as you, trying to even unpick certain things, it's like oh, mm, I don't know if you get what I'm talking about. And yeah, I like I ha- I have conversations with my husband, and, and it's like I feel like I'm speaking to like someone else. Like or oh, like he's looking at me like I've got two heads. Like I'm like because they don't get it. Like it's like I want to be able mm-hmm. to talk to you about this thing but I don't think that you're going to be able to understand it on a level. And then if your siblings as well, don't want to kind of delve into that because their experiences are different. It's
1: like, who, who? Who who is the? (laughs) the? So it's been, it's really, you know, and 2020 was, you know, it ripped, it ripped up everything we knew, Mm -hmm. right, and put it all back together again. And for me, at my age, and the level of of racism that i experienced in my career is just it's just been it's not been great right so i've now i was always very i always carried a voice i always challenged these organizations Mm -hmm. that i worked for but i was felt quite it was quite insular I, i felt very much on my own and then last year made me realize at 41 that this wasn't just happening to me. Mm. This was happening. This happened continuously, and I wasn't mad for sticking up for myself. I wasn't mad, and you know. And then having these conversations with with Cookie about our children and what their experience what may or may not be, but you know, let's face it, they gave going hit a few stumbling blocks mm-hmm. along the way. But educating them, the importance of that, is is. Is um, it's 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 challenging. Mm. It's challenging because it's 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 new to him and it's not new to me. Mm. So it's really throwing that in the mix of being an, a, a, a new a new family um, and newly married is really is is
0: work. Yeah. It is work. How do you navigate that together?
1: I'm I'm really. Um, <laughs> whenever, whenever there's something that I need to talk about, I need to talk about it now. Let's let's sit right. down. We talk about it. A, you know, I've got diagrams, got books, <laughs> yeah, audios. You need to listen. You need to listen. And 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 Cookie is very much like, okay, I need to digest this information. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've, we've gone from you're telling me your experience, and you've got to remember we were having these conversations before we had children. Mm. Um, but for me, the sense of urgency in making sure that he is aware about what we are going to face as a family yeah and what the children will face is like i've pressed the button i'm like you need to make sure you're yeah. digesting this information. it's urgent to, it's urgent it's yeah. like there's also,
2: red flags and- i think we don't do that enough like a lot of we aren't having these conversations before we have children about yeah. the challenges that our children will potentially and in, in, in a lot of cases when you're in Britain and, you know, as 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 black or mixed heritage children, you you kind of face you're kind of like more than more than sort of 90% chance that you'll face them at some point in your life. Mm. And it's like, mm. I feel like I, I didn't do that. I didn't really kind of have like a real grasp on it to be able to be sitting down with my husband and be like, right, so this, 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 this. And so then in the last two years, since our daughter came along, I'm trying to explain things to him. And it's like, it's not get- getting in. Like I'm like, hello, yeah. you know? And it, I feel like it's so important that you did that. Mm. To, so that even though it was it was quick or whatever, you were still like. But we we've already like laid this kind of foundation for these kind yeah. of conversations being the norm and how we they will yeah.
1: continue on. Yeah, but I think that it's it's it ramped up to a level where he Cookie was like, hang on a second, like we have just had two children back to back. We're in a pandemic, and you know, and for a lot of people last year for many many people yes last year was a really bad time right for us and this is something that i am now getting better at saying it was a time of joy for me Mm -hmm. because i didn't realize i didn't think that i was going to be able to carry edith full term Mm -hmm. they already told me at the beginning there's a good chance that something could happen Mm -hmm. the center Mm could detach and etc etc because of my age so you know Cookie was saying to me, "It's a really joyous time. It's really awful outside right now. There's a lot of bad things that are going on. But can we just embrace what we have in our four walls?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "But no, we need to talk about this. We need, this. We need to this. We need to read the books. You need to understand. You, need to, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> and he was just like, "I just need to. Like, can we just can we just hold? Can we just yeah we just take it back a bit? Yeah.
0: Do you think that was good for you?"
1: Yes, mm. I, I'm, I'm a natural-born warrior. Mm. Like right. I, I was uh, previous life. I was a project manager, so I like to walk into a room and assess. Yeah, risk. here's the plan. Here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is yeah. the schedule on this day. Um, even though motherhood I is just...
0: like the opposite of that, isn't it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> isn't it funny how so often in our like pre-kids lives. We're so used to being in control of the way things feel and the way things play out and the the speed yeah. of things, and also the and way that suddenly, we can manage them, and the way that we can manage them, yeah. and yeah, and and then you become a mum, and all of those skills that you felt so are, are so important and that you've been so dependent on for a sense of security and comfort are just gone. They're gone, yeah. and not yeah. only are they gone, but they've been replaced by the opposite feelings.
1: Yeah, and I I liked, you know I like to. I was, I was semi-organized. I was quite an organized woman, but I just found everything I knew or thought I knew that I was capable of, everything that I had worked for, everything has just now gone out of the window. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I like to try and control things to a certain extent. I'm kind of giving that up slightly, mm-hmm. but having children has really has really thrown me. Yeah, it's really thrown me, and it has. It's teaching me that I need to be not only patient generally, but I need to have patience with myself. Yeah, and I need to not look to my neighbour, mm. look to the left, look to yeah. the right, and think that why are they doing this? Why, like, why are they? Why am I doing this? And it's so easy to do, though, this? isn't it? It's it's, and, it's and we do it our whole lives. Yeah, and it's and it's something that right now for the for our own welfare for our for my relationship with with cookie with the children and external relationships you know i need to i need to take things down a bit yeah i need to take things down and really hold close what is important to me because i can get so caught up in like making sure this is correct making sure that we've got enough money to do this making sure that we're doing this and i found that career yet and what am i going to be doing Like. like should I be back at work by now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that you are at work, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I know.
0: I think that's so valuable though. I think I think anyone listening to this is going to that might be a bit of a light bulb moment because we do think that I think we we often overlook this idea that being a parent is so much work. And mm. maybe we do or can just put everything into that because it is so demanding. And maybe other stuff ha- does have to kind of go on pause or lie dormant for a while, while we figure out the, our identity as parents, you know?
2: Yeah. I also think Because that's just very gonna... hard
0: to do when there's so much other noise and expectation of us, I think.
2: Yeah, it's like you can only, like, okay, within being parents, like we are people, like we're human beings, there's only so much that we can do. And it's like, mm-hmm. Coming, reconciling that is is really can be quite difficult being like Mm. oh my gosh I don't actually have capacity to do all of the things that I want to do so now I'm going to have to really start to just get rid of some things you know get rid of that one and that one and that one for now I'm just going to park them and Mm. having to park them can sometimes make us feel like oh man clearly I'm not as capable as so and so or clearly I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough Mm. or strong enough or whatever or resilient enough and it's like no that's it like doing that and being like nope i'm parking the things that i don't that don't need my immediate attention and really trying to focus the attention that i've got on those things that actually matter is very difficult but extremely important to do
1: Mm. I, i think as well you know when i was um growing up you know we were always told that um having a family early on wasn't the way that you needed to find get qualifications like you know i went to a, not massively academic i was quite creative and i did like a theater design course and didn't really want to do it my mum was sick at the time but it was the closest college for me to go to so i'll be able to visit her then they would be were, we were told that you needed to get a mortgage and you know it was really good to have a mortgage and not really have any children yet and then you know that clock just went by yeah mm. and then i was like you know i've not met anybody and i and i don't know if i'm going to be able to have kids and there's that time factor, that element yeah. that was pumped into us of my generation, mm. um, that what you can do. And if you had children earlier on, you were like, it was kind of like, mm, mm. she's wasted her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not, you know, there isn't a right or wrong time. No. Obviously, biologically, there's going to come a time when you can't have children as a female, as a woman. But, you know, there shouldn't be that much pressure in getting in Getting you across the line, as such, you know, and I and I think that having children is when it's right, when it's right for you. Yeah. And this was the right time for me yeah. because I'd done the things that I thought that I wouldn't want to do with with children. Mm. I got to a point in my life where I was ready to have children, but even having children, I still don't feel like I'm ready to <laughs> and, to, and to take it. So there's there's no there's, there's no right and wrong because you yeah. can. You don't know, you don't know about it until you're amongst it, yeah. until you're in it. No one can tell you. Like,
0: and you even- don't know how it's going to affect you either. No. You can't predict how you're going to
2: feel as a mother. No, Which I think we like to think we can, but but you just can't. I think as well, like like you said before, about like looking to the right and looking to the left. It's super easy, particularly like if you've got these these things, you know, where you're slightly older or whatever, it's like you can compare to a younger person who seems to have all right. this energy and maybe they did it at the right time and maybe I didn't. And maybe if I'd have been 10 years younger and da, 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 you know, did that comparison thing that we all do where it's like, well, actually every age, having a baby at any age is going to throw up challenges. Like it yeah. really does not matter yeah. what age you are. So biologically, okay. the ideal time to have a baby is 16 to 24. Now maturity wise, is it being financially Mm. stable is it and i'm talking generally like having this mortgage and this job and this degree and this career and whatever well and that depends on what society you're growing exactly so it's all like different different ages are going to have different challenges but it's just so easy to get caught up in the the comparison of it all and the feelings Mm. of inadequacy and and shame and things like that when we aren't when we're having a moment where we're feeling the challenge of raising children and to blame it on whether it's your age or whether it's like the not owning a house or not going back to to work um or whatever Mm. it's always something that we could blame it on when really it's yeah
0: yeah i think that's why we need to normalize it it being it just being a really hard thing to do (laughs) and actually there always being more you could learn or more prepared you could feel you know when i had oscar i was only 24 when i had oscar and it was unplanned. I wasn't expecting to become a mum, and I I really wasn't ready to become a mum. I just wasn't ready to to mother. Um, but obviously, I did mother. <laughs> but now, but then I had Cosmo eight years later, and I fa- the experience was so different. It mm. was so I was so ready to mother, mm. and I've had a very different experience. Um, now, that's not to say one's better and one's worse, because actually when I had Oscar, I had way more energy. I yeah. found it physically much easier to be a mum. But emotionally, I found, find it easier now. So it's there's it's always going to throw up challenges. You know, yeah. I think it's how we nurture ourselves in facing those challenges and communicating those challenges without being judged or without someone saying, yeah, but at least you've had kids or... At least, you know, there's always an at least. At least isn't you got there? to it's term. Like,
2: at least yeah, you got a partner. Rather than, you, oh, I can hear yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I can hear that was a real challenge. But interestingly, no. yeah, when I I made an active decision to have a son, I was 20, 26, I think, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to have a baby. I'm I I think I'm ready to mother. I'd got my degree. I'd worked. I'd you know, I was married for I think four years at the time, and was like, yeah, 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 this is great. Oh, my sweet lord above like when this child that i was so ready for arrived <laughs> i was so not fucking ready sorry mm. like i was so not ready because like you said until you're in it or a I month, it, you just yeah. don't know like there is you no perfect state of being there is no yeah. perfect age time it's just and even like when it comes to relationships like you might think yeah i found the one like he's my guy and then you have a baby with him and for at least a minute you're like hold on like you know (laughs) shit um and so you know everything is just i think the thing about it is the whole identity shift and everything that comes with it is like ever ever changing and it's very i suppose fluid in some ways and i think for me personally it was like you have got to be fluid with it. I had to become more flexible, yeah, flexible. and like but, just yeah. recognizing the fact that like things would happen that weren't within my control or expectation, and I yeah. had to just be like, okay, okay. And I'm still learning that all the time.
1: So I think I think you're absolutely right. You do need to be flexible. But one thing that I am, um, it feels like I'm really like swimming um, in some like really vast, fast current, um, and it feels that I need to, fight is the wrong word, but I can't think of one to say, but yeah, I'm, I'm fighting to keep elements of me mm. Mm. because I was very much of a, I'm all for my children. I love my children. I want to do everything for them. But there is, you know, I watched my mum do that. I watched my mum mm. give everything to her kids. And in the end, she left very little for herself. Yeah. And, you know, I from that, I would say to my sister before I had children, I'd say to her, you know what, sis, you are the most important person yeah. in your life. And she'd be like, how could you say that? That's so it's typical because you don't have kids. My sister doesn't sound like that. was just comedy. <laughs> um, she's like, oh, how could you say that? You don't understand. You're so selfish. I said, no, but you are the most important yeah. person because, you know, your children absorb so yeah. much from you. Mm-hmm. And if you're upset, and I will never forget, I remember my mum was... Um, you know my dad would come back, and I was like, Oh, please, mum, please get back with dad. And for that short period of time that she was back with him, she was so miserable. And the penny dropped, I must have been around about 14 or 15, and the penny dropped. And I was just like, You're just not happy. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I've carried this forward with my relationship with my children, and I will do anything for them, but I need to have nuggets or snippets of things for me to do mm. to challenge myself because, you know, motherhood's not going away. This is this is my job. This is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to keep things going. So I, you know, I'm a really terrible squirrel. So that probably analogy was probably <laughs> not very good. You know, I'm having, before Edith, when I was carrying Edith, I was having swimming lessons. Mm. I can improve the swimming lessons. I'm taking driving lessons. And I, even though I don't like being away from the children, even though Simon is very, very, um, very, very capable. Sorry, Simon is cookie. he's <laughs> um, very, very capable. It gets confusing. Um, he, um, he, I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, I'm um, their mum, I know what you're mm-hmm. doing. So I need to allow him to do his thing as a parent, yeah. which will allow me to go and do things for me. Like yeah. pick up the camera and just small things. It feels very disjointed at the moment. But I know by doing these small things for me, it actually there is no resentment. Yeah, yeah. There is no resentment yeah. when you know I can't do certain things. Even the setup of this today, um, you know, it's something that I want to. I want to do. Um, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I've always wanted to speak about my journey so far. Mm. Um, but it's so things valuable. Weren't, things weren't going to plan. I'm just like, yeah. oh, why is this happening to me? <laughs> I can everything. everything. Um, and yeah, it's important to keep things ticking over. And at the moment, I know that it's just like little bits here and there, yeah. but eventually there's gonna come a time where I can start knitting things together. That's and it, not now.
2: But it's also, it seems like little things, but actually when we look at it in the grand scheme of things, they're big things. Like, you know, things like, like, as mothers, making a plan to leave the house, that in itself, is a lot of work like being like okay so i need to do this and i need to do that and i need to do this. like it's a big thing to factor in something some form of self-care or self-development it, especially when you've got young children it, and it's like we don't give ourselves enough credit for that like that consciousness to be like i'm holding on to bits of me because i know that it is important i but be- i believe in the exact same thing as you that i'm the most important person in my life and if i don't treat myself in that way i won't be able to give to all of the others like and in the mm-hmm. end or you'll feel resentful for exactly. doing exactly and i see that like particularly in sort of you know caribbean households it's like it's like the give the give the give you break your back for these children which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but in the end it's like there's this real sense of burnout and that can sometimes lead to resentment. And when you're older, there'll be little comments or whatever, or like an expectation that you're owed something. Mm. And it's like, Mm. well, actually I don't want to do that. Like I want to actively hold on to myself. And I think for everyone it is so important and it doesn't mean swimming lessons or driving lessons. It means anything that actually replenishes you, replenishes you. Yeah, yeah exactly and really owning that with like your whole chest like not justifying it being like no i just need to do this yeah like, you know for yeah. me for my family it's vital you know and realize the benefits yeah i think you
0: really kind of acknowledging and taking stock that actually this is making me a better mum this mm-hmm. is making me more available it's making me feel more relaxed or it's bringing me more joy those things are of such value to your children and your partner and your family yeah, yeah. Um, so Sophia, if, you, if someone was listening to this and perhaps they've just become a mum or, or pregnant or have got a young baby and are feeling uh, detached from their sense of identity or conflicted or some of the things that you've been talking about, what advice would you give or what advice would you give to your past self in terms of getting closer to that sense of identity or creating space for who you are?
1: Um, being patient and I know mm. that, that you know the, the hashtag be kind has been bounced around so much but you know afford yourself the same um, grace time yeah, yeah. and patience you would have others yeah. you know when your friend calls you up and you're like don't worry take a breath it's alright yeah. you're, you're going to be okay like say it to yourself start <laughs> saying that to yourself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and really mean it because I'm still, like, today, this morning, something happened and, you know, I'm, like, kicking myself. Why didn't I know how to do this? Or why can not I do this? Yeah. But if my friend had called me, I'd be like, you yeah, know, take a breath. It's all right. Yeah. going to yeah. be okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so You're hard on yourself. <laughs> but stop being, like, stop flogging yourself yeah. Yeah. every five minutes. And, and know that you just keep these small plates spinning, and again, I'm, I'm projecting now to anybody that's listening, because I need to tell myself this every day. These small things, these small snippets, these nuggets of joy and happiness, make those times for you, yeah. yourself. Yeah. Give yourself those times. Your child needs you, but they need the best of you. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and like I said, I saw my mum just working so, so hard. And I actually think that, you know, she sacrifice mm. herself for her children. And I want to be able to show my kids that you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your health, mentally, physically, and you have to you have to invest all the things that keep you happy, yeah. that keep yeah. you afloat. Because if you don't have that, then you're not living. And so my my advice is just it's just be good to yourself. Mm. Be good yeah. to yourself. It's not all going to come at once. And It does take time and this time last year I was pulling my hair out. I'm still pulling my hair out. But um But more gently. But gently um, it's a little tug now and again. (laughs) Um but I'm going to bed thinking, okay, so I didn't do all the things on the list I said I was gonna do. Okay, the house is a tip. Or I haven't, you know, I haven't figured out which nursery he's gonna go to, Alfie's gonna go to. I haven't you know, I haven't said something lovely to, to, to Cookie in the last week or so, but, you know, I'm making sure I'm saying those nice things to myself. Mm, yeah. I'm, a- I'm making sure I'm starting the day by, you know, uh, there's a thing that um, I spend ages moisturising the children, yet I walk around looking ashes. I'm like, hang on. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make sure that I- I'm creamed. Yeah. Like, you know, we we get yeah. back from holiday. And um, I would always start by putting fact 50 on the kids. Mm. And I got to the beach. I was like, I haven't even done myself yet. Like, yeah. I haven't even thought about myself. And I just—it's things like that. That's
0: a good analogy I'm, for it, isn't it? I'll put your yeah. own—put your own uh, oxygen mask on first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're on that plane,
1: because you could pass out whilst trying to save your child, and if yeah. you're—if you're, you're at the scene, then who's looking after your yeah. child? Yeah. yeah. And you have the opportunity to save yourself. Yeah. And that's not being selfish, but. I I don't know, I still don't know what I'm gonna be when I grow up at 42. (laughs) I like Um, that. But I'm but I'm just doing lots of things and I think as well my my children have given me courage to do all the things that I was taught that I was told that I couldn't Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. um, because I need to lead by example. Yeah. Right. So I need them to see me doing all these different things and wanting to get creative again, because they they watch every single move. You
2: little sponges, aren't they?
1: They are. They are. Do you know, um, um,
2: Sophia? We normally end the podcast with like her action points or you know kind of like but you've just wrapped it up in this yeah, really, really nice way I'm like oh, oh, okay Sophia okay well that's it then I guess I guess you can have it <laughs> I mean, there's so
0: many, valuable points, so many there. valuable points I can imagine you know if I take myself back to having just had Cosmo I could imagine listening to this thinking oh yeah this is like music to my ears
2: And, you know, it's important that it just is is timeless, Sophia. The the advice and the the things that we're talking about today, they're not just for that immediate postpartum. They're like, they are a forever thing, something to continuously revisit. And, you know, we can forget for a period of time, when was the last time I creamed my feet? When was the Mm. last time I did something for myself? And it's like, there's that reminder. There we go, you know. And I think it is just so, it's been so wonderful to have your contribution here and to share those little and big gems um, and I'm sure that our listeners will really 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 appreciate them as much as we do
0: mm.
2: where can people find you Sophia
1: um I'm I Instagram. don't even know your address
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, it is, um, Sophia R Cook on Instagram um it's the only platform I can exist on because I, I yeah don't same have I, I don't yeah. me too I, I really don't um and yeah it's just it's just there where i just kind of it's it's a way of me it's always a way of me like connecting but also it's it's allowing me to be creative and i know yeah. that people just like on whatever they're using um instagram for or on other platforms but i get to take pictures i get to try and set myself schedules mm. where yeah. a bit similar to if i was working because i'm not i haven't worked for like nearly three years and, and i i love i loved working mm. yeah. i loved it so working in an office working as a parent I also love but I, I miss the schedule of like getting things done I like seeing things done and Instagram yeah. has allowed me to, and me that. to do
2: it. and also yeah. Sophia shares these wicked like honestly if you need joy like her Instagram page is just bright and beautiful and bold and yeah. just literally you can immerse yourself in it and, feel and you happy. share the best music and stories as yeah. well so do check whatever out whatever music
0: you're listening to in the stories I tend to then put on in the kitchen I'm like oh yeah <laughs> thanks Sophia <laughs> <laughs> um, well thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure talking to you thank
1: you for having me it's
0: been our pleasure you have a great day Sophia we'd love to keep this conversation going with you join us both on Instagram you'll find me at the yes mum mum
2: and me at mixing up motherhood if you've enjoyed the podcast so far please leave us a review and follow us wherever you're listening